The Power of Being a Supportive Coach. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. Hey, Paul. It's great to be here. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. It is fun to be here. Another episode where you tell us about how coaching can really help us grow. Absolutely. It can help your folks grow. And, and uh, you know, and we've got to actually, last week at this time, we were actually watching the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and we're both big, huge Chiefs fans. Yes. And uh, Andy Reid is a great example of a supportive coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when uh, when things got ugly, he didn't panic. He stayed uh, calm, and he kept his folks in the game. And one of the things I really liked is Patrick Mahomes threw two, two interceptions in that game, and he rarely throws interceptions. Oh, yeah. And he threw two interceptions that game, and guess what? Uh, when he went to the sidelines, Andy Reid didn't yell at him. He didn't say stop. He said keep firing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we. He even, he even listened to uh, the quarterback on what should be the next play. Right on some of those things. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, the big play that they got in, in, in the last five minutes of the game uh, was a, pa- a play Patrick Mahomes suggested. Says, right. I think we can run this play. I think the way they're running their yeah. defense, we can get a spot. And he was absolutely right on, and it absolutely turned the game around. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a 44-yard gain, and boom, huge to Tyreek really, Hill. Really interesting that, um, I mean, we when we talked about this in episode 100, all the different areas that listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs decide they're going to go ahead and follow your principles of coaching <laughs> and be the, be the perfect example this year for you. So... We appreciate the Chiefs helping out, right? Uh, yeah, I've 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 got a I've got a cold, and you made me laugh, and so that yeah. was that ugly cold laugh kind no, of thing. No, but that was good that they they listen, and um, yeah, we get to be the world champions, folks. So that's good. Uh, yeah, if if a Chief player were to come on and send me a, uh, an email, a text, anything, or even even one of their employees were mm-hmm. to say they were listening to this. Uh, I would send them a free copy of my book, uh, My Best Boss Ever. Whoa. Uh, and they could say that Andy Reid was probably their best boss. So You heard it, folks. You heard it. They could do it. So anybody anybody with the Chiefs, first person from the Chiefs that says that, I will give it to them because yeah. – uh, and Andy Reid was just – you know, he was cool as a cucumber. Mm-hmm. You know, Shanahan got uh, – he was coaching the 49ers. He'd get on the sidelines. He got hot. He got upset. He got – he let things bother him. Andy Reid never let it go. He maintained his – he maintained his supportive well, attitude the, the whole one time. one other thing is that – I mean, just to re- turn this back to the Super Bowl, some of the criticism that Shanahan got was that they weren't following what got them there. Right. And they started doing things that were not like the team. Mm-hmm. What their seen, strengths? We've seen coaches do that all the time, right. where they think they know better than the team. Right. Or they think they can do something different because they got the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And No, and- I'm, I'm talking about just in a regular work environment team. You know, oh, yeah, where yeah, yeah. Things get stressful. Mm-hmm. And forget about it. I, you better listen to me and right. do it my way. Right. Yeah. They get stressful and they want to start giving directive rather than saying, "Okay, we're in this together. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. How, how are we going to do this?" Um, and you know, it, there's just huge examples of when people don't listen to uh, their underlings. Uh, you know, tragedies happen. That Titanic is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, they just kept going full speed ahead, and uh, when there were icebergs in the area, and had they slowed down, they probably would have been able to. Uh, avert them or not hit them as fast or not as hard and all those people would have died so there's just huge there's all kinds of examples yeah. of when 
when people try to share with their boss, hey, this is a problem and you're not listening to me. So yeah. that's really making your point, if I'm understanding mm-hmm. your point Absolutely. right. Absolutely. And Shanahan is a good coach. He'll learn from it. Sure. And um, that's another important concept that I know you talk about a lot. Uh, failure is by far the greatest teacher. There's yeah. no question about it. And uh, we, you know, we've all failed. We've all made mistakes mm-hmm. and we learn from it. So. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna talk uh, about being supportive today. Okay. And I've just got one quick story here that I uh, was reading a a book recently about coaching, and they talk about a guy named Elton Simmons or Simons. And Elton Simons is a police sheriff or a sh- uh, deputy sheriff in uh, near Los Angeles. He's worked over twenty years as a veteran cop, and. Uh, his number of complaints, zero, nada, nothing. Wow. So how does how does a traffic cop, I mean, and that's what he does all day is write tickets. Uh-huh. So how does he write tickets all day long and doesn't get any, uh, any, you know, complaints at all? That, that's amazing in any profession. Right. You know? I mean, yeah, I, trust me, I had a complaint this week. <laughs> right. We've <laughs> so, all had complaints. Right. <coughs> Pardon me. But... That was you know, that's such an important key is to make sure that we do that. So, uh, what what was his secret of success? And so I'm just going to talk about the ideas that El- Elton Simmons uses or Elton Simons uses in order to be a great deputy sheriff, and how you can be more effective in your workplace by using some of his simple ideas. Ooh, okay. And one of the things that he says is, you know, I bet you've gotten a ticket before and they walk up to you when you're getting a ticket. And what do they say when, when do you know why I pulled you over? Bingo. That is, it's like, do they teach that? Do they teach that in cop school? Yeah. You know, is it, is it part of their process? They must, they must. And, but Elton never says that he walks up and says, how are you doing today? And you know, what's going on with your life? Things like that. So he doesn't, he doesn't make people feel, uncomfortable and he said he realizes that doling out tickets can be costly but he tries to make the process as pleasant as possible and his easygoing manner was cultivated by his uncle way back in louisiana when he was a child his uncle was a pastor and he instilled in simmons a very powerful motto and that is be good do good and treat people good and he followed that motto his entire life and it's such a powerful idea and concept in order to make sure that we are, in fact, following that. So be good, do good, and treat people good. And that's basically his his process. And uh, to give you an example of this, uh, when he was, uh, he had stopped a young man one day, and uh, he got his driver's license, and he went back to his car, and he was running the, the, the driver's license, and he was running the whole process. Um, he could tell the young man was just shaking like a leaf. He was <laughs> yeah. scared to death. And, and I've typical. done that. And I've done that too. I got pulled over because I didn't put my new plates on a, on a car and a high patrolman mm-hmm. stopped me and said, your plates are expired. And I said, I've got the, I've got the plates in my back seat. Can I show you? Uh, I said, you know, <clears throat> you can open the door. You can look. I don't, I want you to be safe. I don't want yeah. you to feel any, any fear or, or trepidation here. And he goes, no, 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 you wouldn't open it. And I pulled it up and I said, you know, here's the plates. I just haven't put them on. And he goes, just, you know, make sure you put them on. But mm-hmm. I was scared to death. I was shaking like a leaf. There's no question about Did it. Did you ever get pulled over when you were a kid? Oh like, yeah. And you just <clears throat> think, oh, my parents are not going to like this. Yeah. It's just going to be the end of the world. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's never good. Or right. one time, one time we uh, snuck out with a friend of mine, and uh, we got his car, and 
and uh, we weren't supposed to be running around. We were supposed to be at the classic library, you know the deal, yes, right? Uh-huh. We, right, and we were not at the library. Right, and he wrecked his car, and oh, yeah, wow, and it's like oh. So this, <clears throat> so this young man, he he was he, he was nervous, right? And, and uh, the deputy sheriff here made him feel better. He made him feel much better. So he walked up to him and he and he said on his driver's license, his driver's license said he was two hundred eighty pounds. And he looked at him and he said, there's just no way this kid is 280 pounds. So he walks up to him and he goes, you know, looking at your license, he says, you're not 280. And almost immediately, the young man, uh, he was about to be hit with a ticket, but he's proudly started to talk to Elton Simons and said, I've lost 100 pounds with a strict regime of swimming and healthy eating. And Elton, the sheriff said, immediately, the young man, the shaking was gone. He still got the ticket. Oh, yeah, he still got, Simon <laughs> yeah. said he still got the ticket. But he said the key here is to be civil with your style but not soft. Mm-hmm. And that's so important for us as managers is to be civil and kind and respectful but recognize that we have certain standards we have to follow. And, you know, this deputy sheriff recognized he has standards and he's trying to protect all of us. And so that's an important key. And, and they looked in his file way back when. And his actual last complaint was when in 1992, and that was literally over 20 years ago. Wow. So it's remarkable in that time frame how much, uh, you know, he hasn't got any tickets or haven't got any complaints, even though he's given tons of tickets. I think he's had over 25,000 stops. So who in the world can have 25,000 stops and never a complaint? And it's because he has, you know, no, no better way to say it, but an incredibly supportive attitude, uh, great cu- customer service, a great mm-hmm. service spirit. And he wants to protect the public, but he also wants to do his job well. And so I just think that's so important for us is to learn from him how we can be better managers and coaches by just being civil, uh, but yet being strong. You don't have to be soft. You can still be a manager. You can still hold people to their standards, but you can build that relationship mm-hmm. and that that connectivity. Now we don't know everything about this uh, this story, mm-hmm. but I, I would imagine that there's other officers that he works with, and in that department, mm-hmm. they have less than most departments. Right. I guess my uh, thought is learning a little bit about what you talk about on this mm-hmm. podcast is that he had to affect the culture there. Oh, yeah. They made other people do the same thing. Yeah, because, you you know, that kind of behavior doesn't go unnoticed. Right. And you don't have to have a position of authority to have an influence. Mm-hmm. And that's a classic example of this right here. And and I have a lot of people come to me and go, you know, my manager is not in favor. He's, he doesn't use a coaching culture with us. And, you know, how am I going to do that? And I said, do you need the permission to be a good manager? They go, well, no, they won't be a good manager. I said, well, coaching help you be better, better mm-hmm. at that. And they go, certainly. And I said, then. Who's stopping you? Right. And they think about it for a minute. And they go, I guess I am. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have permission to use a great tool. Mm-hmm. It may not be a tool that the company has given you. Maybe they didn't give you the best saw or the best drill set or whatever, the best computer. But, you know, if you have access to those tools and you can use them and you ask permission, I'm going to use these tools. But then they start seeing the positive results that you get. It's remarkable what can happen. Mm-hmm. And so that's the very, very important key. So there's what we want to talk about now is some of the characteristics of being supportive as a manager. Mm-hmm. And one of the most important things is to empathize with people, recognizing that they have challenges, that you want to be understanding, and that you want to go from a perspective of understanding the world from their perspective. But that was, you know, uh, Elton Simon's 
perspective is he was pulled over in Los Angeles, and it bothered him how the cops uh, stood over mm-hmm. him. Okay. And so he made sure that he got down to eye level with people. He wanted okay. to, you know, be at the eye level and talk to them, you know, at that in that range. So, you know, not towering over them. And so he wanted, he could empathize what it's like to be pulled over. You want to empathize what it's like to, you know, have someone coach you. And you want to make sure that you're going from a perspective of you want to, you want them to, to succeed. And I know I've talked about this before, but repetition is mother of learning. And the question is I had recently was, you know, can coaching fail? And I think if two components are there, I don't think it will. One is the person wants to be coached. Okay. They want to improve their skill sets. People who don't want to be coached, this is not going to work. Yeah. I mean, you cannot lead a horse to water and make them drink. If they don't want to drink, they're not going to drink. Right. But if they do, in fact, they feel thirsty, they want the knowledge, they have a thirst, then number one, if they do that. And number two, if you truly come from a perspective of caring that you, they know deep down inside, the reason you're giving this feedback is because you care about them and you want to see them be successful. Guess what? This will work. Mm-hmm. And empathy is such a powerful tool of that uh, perspective. The next one is recognizing employees' goals and interest, finding out what's going on in their lives. Um, I was at a credit union this weekend, and it was terrific to see that uh, I their, their employees, they literally had a uh, in their, in their uh, break room area a picture of all the pets of all the employees. Ooh, okay. I mean, what a great way to create a sense of family. Yes. You know, so clearly the management team there, and they had a great culture, a great camaraderie. Everyone well, worked well together. And so recognize employees' goals and interests, but find out about those things that, that are so important. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk here in maybe two or three episodes from here, uh, preparing for the concept of of truly understanding people at a deeper emotional level mm. uh, being so because managers are either task focused or people focused and if we're more people focused we truly understand where they're coming from then we can be highly motivating and, and have a, a greater impact with folks yeah so and actually i'm, I'm kind of uh, inspired here i was going to i was going to jump ahead people might say well what does studies show and i want to give them a study uh, from Stone, Dicey, and Ryan from 2009. Ooh, they're good. They're <laughs> <laughs> You're all right, Paul. I love it. I love I like it. Di- I like Dicey the best. Yeah, the Dicey. Just... Yeah, that's you. That's you. Yeah. But they looked at you know individuals when they feel supported, and they there's basically four benefits of that. When people feel supported, they're more engaged, motivated, and satisfied in their work, and that's what all managers are looking for. Number two, they have a higher level of self-esteem, performance, psychological, and physical well-being. They don't feel mm. so stressed. It's just like if you had a coach, uh, you know, you probably played Little League sports. I did, too. Yeah. If you ever had a coach who yelled Not at well, you. Not well, but, yeah. I, I didn't either. I never made it to, you know, I never played high school sports. I wasn't mm-hmm. even that good. Yeah. But in grade school, I could. And, and um, you know, if you ever had a coach who yelled at you, how you just kind of contracted. You didn't feel positive. Oh, Yeah. But, you know, a coach who said, you know, you can do it, you can, you're, you're well being, you're just psychologically and emotionally and physically just, you go out and play the game and you're mm-hmm. just much looser. And that's such a powerful tool. I mean, that's the great thing about it. Andy Reid in the Super Bowl, he threw two interceptions and he said, keep firing. Mm-hmm. You know, what a great mindset uh, to do that. And then number three, people, when they feel supported, they have lower levels of anxiety, stress, and emotional exhaustion. And that's very powerful in the workplace. And the, and the other one is, they're less likely to suffer burnout and work-life conflict. And so all of those are great benefits of coaching and being a supportive coach. So obviously, you know, empathize with them, recognize their goals, 
truly the most and one of the most important things is to listen. Just find out what's going on and and let them chat about what's happening. When you're doing a coaching session, just truly listen. Stop. Sit down and let the silence occur. Let them talk about what's going on with them to truly get an understanding of what's behind this behavior yeah. that you might be working on or, or the skill that you want to try to improve. And to tie it back with our deputy, mm -hmm. Elton, mm -hmm. he seemed very intentional when he would go pull someone over. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're saying here. With the coaching session, be intentional. Right. Listen. Mm -hmm. Don't just say it's another thing on the to-do list to do. Right. Yeah, because if you come across from a perspective of this is another you know, to-do list, they're going to feel like they're just another task, another mm -hmm. process you've got to do. And you want to make sure that you 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 don't want to put yourself in that position. So listening is so critically important. It's one of those things, and you've talked about this a lot. You think you're saving time, mm -hmm. but you're you're wasting time if you're not intentional about it. Yeah, and, and if they don't feel connected. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like Stephen Covey's book, The Power of Trust. If, if you have trust with your folks and you really trust each other, and you have to have a you know a serious conversation. It's okay to have conflict in the workplace as long as it comes to a positive result. And there's both there's a sense, a sense of trust, and that you're really conflict is another word for making an investment in a relationship. Okay. And so if we can make that investment and build that sense of trust, then we can truly do more challenging and difficult things down the road. But if we don't talk about it, and if we don't make that investment, then the relationship never grows. Right. You never. It's never like getting compound interest from <laughs> from a from a bank account. Right. So I think that's the important key. And then make sure that your your exchanges are positive. Create positive exchanges. And uh, one of the things that's important with Elton Simons is he did that. He noticed all of his exchanges with those folks that were pulled over, and in fact, he gave them tickets. It was always a positive exchange. And so we as coaches have got to do that too, is, is making sure that we're giving them positive exchanges and and making them feel important significant that they matter. Mm-hmm. Even the even the tough conversations, like mm -hmm. like Elton had tough conversations. You right. were going to get a ticket, right? Yeah, but it was a productive one. Exactly. You know, he's he. They knew it's kind of like that conversation we've all had with our mother when we screwed oh, yeah. up with the car, or you know, yeah. dinged a. And the middle name comes out right when you hear them. Yeah, you know, when you know you're in trouble when you hear the middle name. Yeah, but. But you knew that your mother cared about you and wanted you to be successful. Uh -huh. And that's the key with a great coach. They do that, too. And another key to being supportive coach is being collaborative. I mean, in saying together, how do we together help you achieve this goal? How do we together achieve this goal? How do we accomplish this goal as a group, as a team, as a process? And then the other thing I think that's most important, the last thing we're going to talk about, is the power of making people feel valued, important, significant, and they matter. Because everybody wants to feel valued. They mm -hmm. want to feel important, significant, they matter. And that's just one of the most important keys in this process is recognizing someone's value and letting them know that you you recognize their value and you're, you're doing this because you want to see them be successful. You want them to be better and, and move up or get promoted or leave the organization better than you found them. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's such a, a powerful key. Reminds me of a story one time I had a senior VP come up to me, and she was an HR manager at her organization. And she goes, uh, my CEO will not train people outside their level of expertise. If they're in this area, they can only get training in this area. If they're in this area, they can only get training in this area. Right. And that was my <laughs> – so, I, I was shaking so, my head. So short-sighted. Incredibly short-sighted. And. You're, you know, for those yeah. folks who can't see you here, you're yeah. shaking your head no, like, oh, my God, yeah. that's such a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And I agree completely. And, you know, I, I didn't know it at the time, but this is really what I wanted to ask her is, you know, if you, if you, and she goes, 
And, and she asked her CEO, why don't you want to do that? And he goes, well, if we train them in an area that they're not in right now, they might leave. Right. And qu- the question is, but what if you don't train them and they stay? Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, that's that's the worst thing. Okay, right. we're going to have somebody who's less than capable, somebody who can't, you know, is not as effective as mm-hmm. we want them to be. And now we're we're doing this. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like, it was just unbelievable yeah. that that would be the case. They think that you, if you train them, they might leave. Mm-hmm. We're here to tell you, if you don't train them, they're they gonna are stay. going to leave. <laughs> yeah. Or worst case scenario, they they're going to stay. <laughs> and that's the worst part of it. And Pardon me. That's just short-sighted. Incredibly short-sighted. And and, and that's the thing with, with organizations where uh, I have managers who reach out to me and say, you know, my we don't have a coaching, a coaching culture and organization, and what can I do? And I say, go ahead and make the personal investment in your career that you can. And let's say your organization doesn't uh, endorse it. Let's say they don't bless it. Uh-huh. If you start to have positive results in your organization, your team, more so than your your peers who are also coaches, are they going to notice you? Absolutely. Right. And the other side of the coin is, too, will you get some better results? There's no question. The, the folks that I have seen who've truly embraced this concept and truly put the effort into it, they've had some incredible success stories. Mm-hmm. And my goal is here in the next few weeks, maybe the next month, is to actually have some exact success stories from some of my clients that have truly embraced coaching and have gotten some incredibly powerful stories. And so I'm probably going to record, not this week, but next week, I'll record one of those sessions uh, with actually uh, the CFO and the manager, the CFO coached the manager and had traumatic uh, behavioral change. And so it's an incredibly exciting uh, episode. I don't know what episode that'll be yet, but it'll probably be two or three episodes after this one. And that's it's just nice that you just mentioned, but everyone listens to all of them, so it's right. okay. It, it, we appreciate that. They folks. will. They will get them. Yeah. And and then when we do record, I'll probably come back and do the the listeners' notes and say this story's in episode yeah. whatever, so people can know it. And but it's just incredibly powerful to see that. So those are the characteristics, and I'll just kind of go over them real quickly for people again. But to empathize with people, recognize employees' goals and interest. You know, it's okay to put dog and cat pictures up in the uh, office, <laughs> even though the dog and cat pictures they won't fight on the right. on the on the on the board. Right. Uh, listen to your folks. Provide feedback. Create positive exchanges, like Elton Simons, who was the deputy sheriff. Uh, make sure that you're collaborative. Give positive feedback, and make sure that your exchanges are positive. If you do that, you can be an outstanding coach. All right. Now, if people want to talk to the best coach in Kansas City, <laughs> That's and, I'm exactly not talk, right. and I'm not talking about Andy Reid. I'm talking about Rory Rowland. No, How do they get a hold of you? You are too kind, my friend, <laughs> and, and Andy Reid is by far the best coach in the area. But uh, they can get a hold of us. We have coachingmanager.university, so it's www.coachingmanager.university. You can get a hold of us there. That's actually our 52-module program that people can use online. And actually, if anybody emails me uh, from listening to this program, the first person to email me will get a free Oh, cool. uh, scholarship to that. So wow. I will give a free scholarship away to Coaching Manager University for the first person who sends me an email says, I listened to episode 102 and I want the copy of uh, the podcast. Awesome. So, or excuse me, the, the uh, Coaching Manager University. They can also go to RoryRoland.com and uh, we can certainly uh, get that up and running there. Okay. So, well, all right. Well, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Paul. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching.
This has been a KCTK production, produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.